listening to the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. The accounting firm Deloitte recently announced the launch of a formal space practice to connect organizations in what it calls a rapidly growing global space ecosystem. It hopes to start consulting small and large organizations to help them navigate an industry that's forecasted to grow to more than $1 trillion by 2040. To find out more, I chatted with Brett Lubert, who is the principal of Deloitte Space. I would say this started, although we've been in the space industry for more than 15 years, this really started in earnest about five years ago. And what I would say happened five years ago is we started seeing a collective interest in this industry from multiple parts of our our business and multiple parts of our practice. And what we also understood, um, and I should probably take a step back and tell you that I've, I've had a 20 plus year career around space and defense and applications like that. We know that there's a marriage of both subject matter expertise and and industry knowledge that has to go with tried and true offerings that we offer as a firm. Space is a complex technical matter, but we're seeing it becoming more accessible to more parts of uh, more disciplines, uh, physically more accessible. We'll get into that in a little bit. And Deloitte Space is our way of sort of organizing around that and signaling to our, our clients that we understand the complexities that this industry brings and we can bring you know tried true offerings that we have Deloitte to this market. Yeah, complexity is uh, putting it mildly. <laughs> so why don't you talk to me a little bit about those complex areas? Are there any specific sectors of the commercial space industry that you all are really trying to hone in on or that you have clients already in that area? Yeah, I, I have overarching theme. I, I mentioned this before is around accessibility. So, so space is easier to get to physically than ever. So the launch costs you've seen drop dramatically over the um, last few decades, uh, that's for a number of reasons, including reusable launch. So physically, it is a domain that's more accessible. But I also like to talk about it, you know, virtually or or sort of like, you know, logically as a more accessible domain. It's pulling from more disciplines. So if you're a space startup, you have to understand financials. You have to understand more than just the product that you're engineering. If you're trying to move from manufacturing one product to manufacturing thousands or millions of products, that's a discipline that we can bring in from you know other other areas, but I think the you know sort of the complexity side of it is we're talking we we look at the market in three ways. We look at clients where space is their mission. So these are government organizations that have existed for a long time, or government organizations that have new missions, like we're seeing with the Department of Commerce, the FAA taking on larger roles, uh, more coordination with existing folks like Space Force and NASA, you know, around launch and other other parts of the industry. These are ones that have existed for a long time, and they're struggling with, you know, how do I modernize legacy systems, but also the opportunity that commercial and private investment is offering them in terms of as a service models, data and services that they can leverage from space um, in their missions and and also augmenting the, the products that they're already producing. We then look at space as a business, and these are companies where their primary business unit or or part of their or you know business unit or part of their company is focused on space or the entire company is focused on space and these are ones that have existed like legacy primes and, and A&D companies that have been at this for many decades and a lot of what you're seeing I think around the startup community we're also seeing a lot more around like a proliferated low earth orbit so proliferated with leo in terms of uh, you know new constellations that are going up to provide connectivity to rural areas, to aviation, to maritime, to just regular consumers, and even what's emerging now in uh, direct to handset uh, through satellite that you're starting to see even on your phone. And then the big one that we're looking at now is that space is a growth opportunity. So what, you know, I always look at like 
what is that blue dot on your phone, right? That is a service that is delivered from space called GPS. It's opened up entire industries. So the Department of Commerce estimates, I think $1.4 trillion of economic activity has been generated from making that service public. But we're also seeing things in terms of Earth observation and remote sensing. These are products and services that are being de uh, developed and delivered down here to Earth. And then even in space. So it used to be if you wanted to do research and development, and you, you're looking at you know different use cases for drug manufacturing or manufacturing in general in space, you know, your one-stop shop was the International Space Station. Well, now we're starting to see companies that are lurching, learning, you know, launching commercial LEO destinations where you can purchase that space or that lab space as a service. And so a lot of the models that we see here on Earth, um, which I can talk about a little bit, are starting to uh, work their way into the space industry. And that's all part of that theme of accessibility that we like to talk about in terms of, you know, you don't have to have an end-to-end -end completely vertical integrated space capability to be a space company or interact with the space industry at this point. Yeah, you, it, it's really a unique area for Deloitte because, you know, you all are usually providing professional services for agencies that, you know, they, they kind of know their mission already. And this is sort of new ground for everybody. Uh, and so what are you telling folks, you know, on the public or private side when they ask for your help in areas of breaking down certain economic barriers of getting into the market or, as you mentioned, updating those legacy systems so that more people can participate and have more... Uh, a, a bigger array of ideas. One thing I, I feel like is a lot of my job and something I really enjoy, and I, and I think it's something that naturally someone in professional services does for a living is it's help break down concepts and help articulate things in a way that are digestible and people understand. And so when I started my career in, in space, I, we were, I was working satellite design and some launch systems, and, and the, the barrier to entry was a PhD in engineering or you know, you're a rocket scientist. Like there was a credentializing thing that, that was like, if you're going to work on these types of applications, they have, you have to, in these systems, you have to understand all the nuances and all the testing that goes into them and all the physics and all that kind of stuff. So accessibility theme again, starts to open up now that you're doing, I, but I start to look at it like, what are other models that space, the space industry is starting to look like now? I've spent a lot of my career working in IT and things that I've seen over the, my career in IT, I think, are, are very similar in the space industry. So, you know, the move, and this is all going to go back a little bit, but, you know, the move from like a centralized computing or mainframe type environment where you had one system largely, maybe a backup, and it had to work all the time, highly reliable, work all the time, 100%. That looks a lot like what the space industry used to look like. Now, you're looking at a much more distributed model for computing. You're looking at as a service models, you're looking at cloud as a way to deliver services. If you want to stand up a tech company, if you want to stand up any company, you no longer have to build yourself a data center. Like you're going to get those things. We take that for granted now. It's just the way the industry works. I think that's what you're starting to see as a parallel in the space industry. And with that comes, you know, so if I'm looking at Deloitte Space, that's a great example of where we play to be able to bring some of those lessons learned from other industries into the space industry. Like I mentioned it before. If you're manufacturing more than a handful of things, you're probably going to want to look at an at-scale, large-scale manufacturing operation and what you can learn from it. If you are a space startup and you've never had to audit your financials or you've never had to present, like that's something that you're going to need help with. Like That is not a core space capability that someone like a Deloitte can help you with. Um, but when you start to now go to those as-a-service models, you know if you're trying to, to do that in a space application, why wouldn't you look at 
like a cloud model as an example of how it works. A broker model, if you're not interested in being the actual service provider, um, how do you access those services in a way that is to me the the burgeoning part of the space industry, and that's where you know one of the the real main reasons of a, a Deloitte space is to help clients you know navigate all these different issues that the accessibility opens up, but also creates you know challenges in both both challenges and opportunities on the business side and on the mission side of space. All right. So we're at that end of the spectrum where people are just trying to get their foot in the door for the big players who are looking to make some investments in the future and make sure they spend those R&D dollars right. And I'm sure you have clients who fit that realm as well. Uh, what would you be telling them at a time like this? It, kind of the precipice of what is possible is not even known yet. That's right. So I, I also look to, you know, sort of the industry numbers. So there's many analysts that will say that this is going to be a trillion dollar industry in the next 10 to 15 years. People love that trillion dollar number. I, I've talked to as many people who say- Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> that number is, yeah, well, it's great, right? It's, it sounds good. As many people who say that that sounds in, incredible, and as many people as that sounds woefully small, considering what they're seeing to be the projection to be. Now, what I like to remind people of, you know, people love to talk about space and all this growth. It's a four or $500 billion industry today. So if you're looking at what is the growth path to get from four, four or 500 billion to 1 trillion, I mean, that's that's a single digit Kager year over year. So I, I like that number because it talks to the aspiration of the industry, but it's also well-grounded in a very a very robust market that exists today and a steady growth pattern to get there. And, and I think that's the thing that most people underestimate about the space industry is just how established it is. Okay, so now you go to your question on what about those established players? There, there are an inordinate number of opportunities that that this you know new space um, economy starts to open up. Right? We talked about those proliferated Leo constellations, right? So you have space companies that are starting to look more like telcos um, and providing access, bandwidth, connectivity to all parts of the Earth, if not you know the most disadvantaged or remote ones that haven't had that level of connectivity before. You're looking at some on the other end of the spectrum, some stuff that even a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, seemed really far out there, like lunar, cislunar, extraplanetary. There's significant investments by aerospace and defense companies into the lunar industry and looking at what that looks like and what do those ventures look like. We're returning to the moon. So you watched the Artemis launch, like NASA is, is making a, a big play to to get back there. And so there's business opportunity on, on that end of the spectrum. So there's a ton in between there, but I think you're starting to see that the, the, the tried and true offerings and, and things that affect us here. And then some of those really aspirational things that we're going to provide skilled growth that are becoming more and more a reality. Another thing I also love to talk about is how much of space actually happens here on Earth. So, yes, there are satellites that are orbiting the Earth. They're providing imagery. They're providing comms. Uh, they're providing radio, TV. I mean, you, you name the application that's coming from space. But all of that is supported by a ton of infrastructure here on the ground. That infrastructure, by the way, needs to be managed, operated. It needs to be upgraded, modernized. It needs to be protected. And cybersecurity of space systems is an incredibly important topic right now. We're seeing that on both the government side and the commercial side. And an area that not only are we playing in heavily and, and, and working directly on uh, these systems, but also imagining what the future state looks like for some of those cyber operations on the in-space side of things as well. So in general, I, I think it's it's a wealth of opportunity and it's more than just you know billionaires and rockets and people going into space. 
it's an entire industry that's been operating for decades and I think is going through kind of a renaissance of, of how it gets to the next scale growth phase. Yeah. And so the industry is made for and by innovators. Are there any times when you have to sort of tamp down and keep people on the ground, pun intended, and, and keep things realistic? Because, you know, people have been lamenting about Mars for so long and, you know, all these other ideas that they may have for what space capabilities could be achieved in the next few years. Uh, are, are, are there any times that you feel as if you have to be the bad guy <laughs> when you're uh, advising clients? Yeah, I think... Uh... I, I'll look at it maybe a couple ways. One way is we we always like to talk about this, um, you know, bringing bringing space down to earth, right? And I, and I think that's probably a tagline for about a hundred companies at this point. Um, <laughs> it, 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 but but it's a really good way to talk about the fact that this is is not it, it's something that is increasingly accessible, right? It's something that you can asp- aspirationally integrate in your business. I think it's also something that you're seeing entire industries that are being generated by. By space that people don't even think about, right? So, you know, the blue dot on your phone is is GPS, right? And there's like, if you look at a rideshare company, I love to ask the question, like, is that a space company? And your instant answer would be no. But their entire business model is based on a service delivered from space, right? So, there's some level of just making it physically accessible, the data that becomes accessible, but also being able to articulate these stories in ways that people understand that so much of it affects their daily life, right? They can't get a cup of coffee without the GPS constellation. They wouldn't be able to navigate to work without the GPS. It's like, these are really good ones. And you know, if I look at a client that I work a lot with, like Space Force, I, I wonder how many people even know Space Force provides that service to them, right? So this is a great example of a government service that is really pushing the commercial industry forward. And the second one is we kind of hit it on is like, every company in some way is, is or will become a space company. So you don't have to be a major aerospace and defense corporation to be considered a space company, like I mentioned in that rideshare app. You need a space strategy. What are you going to do? How are you going to leverage data that's coming down from space? What different alliances or how do you work in your ecosystems of of partnerships around space? Like, What are the different opportunities that it provides you in different market segments? So all of these are things that we're getting a lot of questions on. I love talking about it. it's, It's the best part of my job. And I think the excitement the trajectory is extremely high, I think, in terms of that excitement. And it's really about making sure that people understand what it is about space that's relevant to them as a person and their business um, as they do it. Or if you're on the government side, how you interact with those businesses, the commercial side, and you know your new, your new consumers right, of your data or service that can provide uh, increased level of, of importance to what you're doing. We're seeing a, a lot from a political standpoint Discussing, I think the, there's a stat I, I believe I saw where the Artemis program is is um, doing work in all 50 states, as an example. So there's state legislator side. Um, there's all kinds of things that are happening for for all different parts of the ecosystem, and really that like from the business side, all companies or space companies is something that I think folks are going to increasingly see over the next five to ten years. That's Brett Lubert, principal of Deloitte Space. That's going to do it for this episode of the Space Hour. As I mentioned, you can find all of our interviews at federalnewsnetwork.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, I'm Eric White.